0: The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Luke. Jesus told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and regarded others with contempt. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, was praying thus... God, I thank you that I am not like other people, thieves, rogues, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all my income. But the tax collector standing far off would not even look up to heaven, but was beating his breast and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you. This man went down to his house justified rather than the other, for all who exalt themselves will be humbled, but all who humble themselves will be exalted. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to
1: you, Lord Christ. Grant us the courage to look deep enough in ourselves that we find you. Amen. This gospel that we just heard is laughable it's the kind of parable that shows us that Jesus did indeed have a sense of humor it's also painful because parables are mirrors and if we look closely at them we see ourselves Jesus has a way of getting under our skin even when he's being funny so I invite you to muster your courage and look more closely at the Pharisee and the tax collector at prayer with me. The Pharisee is comically self-centered and egotistical. Thank you, Lord, for making me so great, he says, and for not making me like any of those people that I detest. Thieves, (laughs) rogues, adulterers, tax collectors like that guy over there. Thank you for making me so generous and righteous and perfect. He's pretty absurd. Not at all like you or I, right? And then there's this tax collector who makes a scene in the temple, naming his sinfulness and begging God for mercy. We are Episcopalians and tend to pray with much more dignity than that. Wouldn't you agree? So what could these two characters have in common with us? Well, that Pharisee may be a bit exaggerated, but he is also not really so abnormal. I know I, too, have a habit of being grateful that I'm not like some other people. I think it's probably fair to say that most of us get caught in the trap of self-promotion via comparison with another. Maybe it helps us to feel more comfortable about who we are. Or maybe it keeps us from having to work too hard to understand the other. We may be grateful that we are not like those other Christians who are so close-minded or the ones that have absolutely no structure. Or Democrats or Republicans or Midwesterners or Southerners or Southern New Englanders who actually have a Southern New England accent. (laughs) Or prisoners, or gang members, or politicians, or cardinals fans, (laughs) or umpires. Thank you, God, that we are not like them, we say to ourselves. We may work so hard to not be like others that we forget how to be exactly who we are. That is what the Pharisee seems to be doing He is also praying by reporting to God, as if God doesn't know what he's been up to. And he reports to God on his own perceived righteousness. While the tax collector who is off in the corner is not reporting, he knows that God knows what he's been up to. No, the tax collector is not reporting to God. The tax collector is longing for God. Did you notice that? Could you sense how desperately he desired and longed for God's mercy? Courage is also something that I see in the tax collector. Longing and courage. Can you imagine the courage it would take to bring yourself before God in a public place and call out your own sinfulness and your own need for God? It is even hard for us to come to terms with our woundedness and our sins and our personality defects in the privacy of our own rooms or in therapy. Even that takes great courage. But in the temple, this man was braver than most, certainly braver than I. Yesterday, I went to my daughter's school for a parent meeting. And the teacher took us moms and dads through a typical day of school. We walked in the woods. We galloped like horses through the woods. We saw the tree forts our children had built. We ate apple slices, sang songs, and then went back to the classroom to rest and listen to a story. It's kind of like a spa vacation. (laughs) The teacher laid out the story for us slowly and carefully and quietly. Using scarves and wooden dolls, she created a landscape. And in it, she placed a young boy, a boy who was very small but wished to be a mighty knight. One day, the boy went out riding on his pony, and he came upon a castle where he found a sad and lonely king. The king had lost all of his knights to a dragon who was holding the princess captive. The sad king asked the boy if he would try to slay the dragon and rescue the princess. The boy said he would. And he rode to the edge of the forest where the dragon was. And there he set up camp and prepared to rest for the night so that he might search for the dragon in the morning. Before he went to sleep, he prayed for courage During the night, the archangel Michael came and left a golden sword next to the sleeping boy. And when the boy woke, he discovered the sword, and he felt brave. He mounted his pony and galloped off to the dragon's cave, where the dragon heard him and came out roaring and breathing fire. But then he saw the boy's golden sword, and he stopped. Brave knight, he said, I see you are very courageous and powerful. Please do not slay me. I will use my strength for good. From now on, if you will spare me, and I will return the princess to you to bring to the king. Well, of course, the princess was returned. And the dragon was tamed. And the boy was known as a respected knight from then on out. And everyone lived happily ever after. After the story, the teacher told us parents a little bit more about St. Michael, about Michael, the archangel. In the fall of each year, the whole school tells stories and sings songs about the angel Michael. Fall is the season of Michaelmas, or Michaelmas, a season when we face our personal and cultural dragons and pray for courage to overpower them and grow as humans I tell you all of this because in light of that story in the season of Michaelmas after speaking about dragons, I realized sitting there in the circle of a warm nursery classroom yesterday that that's what the tax collector was up to in the temple that day. He was facing his dragons. It was him, the tax collector, and not the proud Pharisee who courageously fought dragons in the companionship of God as he prayed with his eyes cast down, even as he humbled himself, as he longed for God, as he appeared small and weak in the eyes of the world. He was actually doing something quite big and courageous. The Pharisee was nearly stuck in himself with a stagnant and not altogether honest prayer life. At our gathering of clergy last week, Tony, as our dean, asked us to spend some time in small groups talking about our personal prayer lives. I shared that I generally have two prayer practices. The first is a daily chat with God in my car going to and from church, mainly because I don't have a stereo in my car. I talk about myself and my life, and I ask God to be involved in the things that I'm chatting about. It is quite possible that I spend time in my car praying, as the Pharisee did, with very little risk or depth. The other way I pray is a little more rare. I pray by sitting in this church over in a pew there, looking up at that window. And I ask all the things that I have in my mind to go sit in that back queue near the door while I sit with God. And I try to focus on the presence of God. Sometimes once my mind is cleared, difficult things arise in me. Sometimes I'm overcome by beauty and gratitude. Sometimes waves of pain wash over me. Often I cry. This practice Tends to get lost in the shuffle of a busy week, and sometimes I go weeks without entering into it at all. Probably because the lazier, not so courageous part of me tells me that tells the rest of me that I have too many other things to do to just come spend time in the church sitting. But when I do go, I know that I have shifted into into a purer relationship with God. I now think that in those moments, I have had to muster up some courage. I've had to trust in the presence of angels to fortify me as I become vulnerable in the silence and look deeply at myself and at God. After my experience in nursery school yesterday, I decided to look up Michaelmas, and I found an article about the angel Michael. And it said that the angel Michael gives us strength, courage, and clarity of thought, strength to kindle our inner fire, and iron will to keep working on ourselves. These go with the courage to enter the abyss of our own soul, the writer of the article said, and the clarity of thinking to know what must be transformed. Courage to keep working on ourselves. And to know what must be transformed. I see that tax collector as someone who was looking for God's help. Longing for God's presence because he had found the courage and the clarity to see what needed to be transformed in his life. And he knew that he could not do it without God. May we also long for God and have courage to enter into the kind of prayer that just might transform us completely. Amen.